name, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Yep. You know, I was up this morning, I was praying this morning, and yeah, mental health. It's something that a lot of people are struggling with right now. Uh, whether you're in the body, out of the body, people are struggling with the effects of what's going on with COVID, the effects of what's going on with life. And God gave me this great illustration. If, if you look around at the yards and the grass now, you see more dandelions and weeds than ever before. And I'm like, Lord, why is that? I mean, it looks crazy with all those, you know, it used to be really nice grass over, but now you got all these dandelions. And he says, it's because they're not tending to your, their yards. And he says the exact same thing can happen to you in your soul, in your mind, and your emotions if you don't block out all the distraction and all the noise and all the voices that are coming from north, south, east, and west coming against you that are more, are more uh, permeated in your life than what the word of God has to say. More people are listening to the news. More people are listening to these, this report. More people are listening to that report. And he's saying, the issue is, is you're listening to everybody else's voice except mine. And he says, I got, you got to get back and get locked back into why I called you here in this place, in this time, in this season. He says, because I called you here for such a time as this. And he says, but you will never accomplish what it is I called you to do if you don't get your minds focused back on me. He says, my people are, are being destroyed left, right, and center. And you're responding the exact same way that the world has responded because you have a lack of knowledge. And it's not because knowledge is not made available to you. He says, but you are rejecting the very knowledge I'm giving you for your land. See, if I see this thing about being in the military, I was in the Marine Corps. Hoorah. Now, the thing about the Marine Corps, Marine Corps, we I started out, there was 98 people who started out with me. Out of those 98 people, only 53 graduated. So between week one and week 12, we dropped off 45 people. What happened? In the Marine Corps, each phase, it takes you from forming phase to phase one, to phase two, to phase three. Each phase is sharpening your skill and sharpening your task. And, and you put on that Marine Corps mentality. Marine Corps is a mentality. It's not a branch of service. It's a mentality, which means we can, if you tell us to take the town, we're going to take the whole province. If you tell us to go take the hill, we're going to take the whole village. If you go tell us to take down one tree, we're going to take down the whole forest. In other words, our mentality is such that we believe anything is possible. And God says, I do the exact same thing with people who come into the body of Christ. You don't all, you don't start off at hundredfold faith. He says, you start off what you got to establish a foundation and in marine corps it's called formation so the first two weeks in the marine corps all they're doing is beginning to form a foundation for you to transition from civilian life into the marine corps way of doing things then they put you in phase one and phase one is when they begin to start working on you with the basics so the for the first the first three weeks after you got out of formation then it's just working on the basics you know what is faith who is God? What is love? What does it mean to walk in faith? What does it mean to operate in the love of God? What does it mean to operate according to the kingdom of God? He says, most of my people believe that they're at phase three. He says, in reality, you are still in formation mode. 
because he says you don't even have the basics. So when the wind comes and the storm hits and all kind of chaos goes on, you respond just like somebody who had never had an encounter with God in the first place. He says, but not after today. See, the reason why the ministry is called Ignite Depot, that word depot is training facility. We are trainers of leaders. That's what we're called to do. So we're not like a typical gathering on Sunday morning, kumbaya, hold your hands, hug your neck real good. We'll do all those things. But at the end of the day, our thing is, okay, now that we got that all the way, let's get down to business because you have others to lead. And if you only stay with that mindset, I just want you to hug me. I just want you to kiss on my neck. Ignite Depot is not going to be for you. I used to have an issue because I was trying to be like other uh, churches. And he said, I didn't call you to do that. He said, that's why you're struggling. Because I called you to do this and you're trying to do this. See, Proverbs 14, 2 says, there's a way that seems right to a man. It seems right. He says, you might even got some results. He says, he says, it even appears straight before you. He says, but the end of that way is death and destruction. And see, one thing we also know, and I know Doug know this from serving in the Canadian military forces, is that if you as a leader don't know how to follow instructions, you can get you and your entire unit killed because you won't yield to what it is the instructor is telling you to do. And he said, and that's why so many people are getting taken out because the leaders aren't yielding to what it is I'm telling them to do. Well, I'm here to tell you, we gonna do what God told us to do if we the only one standing, which I know it won't be. He also told me, he, 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 he delivered me from making it being based off of numbers. He says, if you were as a gathering church, a, a shepherding church, he says, then yeah new people will come and everything and that would be he says but not as a church of an apostolic prophetic calling a mandate he says it's all about training leaders apostles go and take land apostles go in and i'm gonna share with you today what it is he shared with me so you could be equipped for battle if you needed a title for this it's called equipped for battle so now that i gave you the introductory glory to god and oh, by the way, we outside, as y'all can see, glory to God. But you know what? It, Jesus did most 99% of his ministry was outside. He took it to the streets. And that's why we wear the white, black, and gray camis, which is urban, which means taking it to the street. Teach you in the building, take it to the street. Teach you in the, in, in the theater, take it to the street. Teach you in the Coliseum, take it to the street. And today we're going to cross over to the other side. So to, it's a, he says that there's going to be a separation today. And he says the things that you used to carry with you when you was in the wilderness, you can't take it with you into that new land. So there's going to be have to be some decisions that are going to be made today. He says, because you're not going to be able to take that old stuff into the new place I'm taking you. He said it won't fit. Are you interested? Are you ready? All righty then. Here we go. Now I always make this declaration according to what the spirit of the Lord. And that includes your boy. There's some things that I, I gotta make an adjustment. 
things I'm used to doing, I have to make adjustments. I have to make adjustments. I'm good at a lot of things, but I'm not great at everything. God sent help for a reason. Use it. So here we go. And the quote is Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. It says this. I'm reading out the King James Version. It says that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me. Whoo. All right. Here's what we're going to do. The spirit, say this with me. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me. Now take and receive that anointed today. Receive it today. He says, he has anointed you to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has anointed you to bind up the brokenhearted. He has anointed you to proclaim liberty to the captives. He has anointed you for the opening of the prison to them that are bound to, the, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. See, I receive all that. So you understand this. He has anointed you. See, I'm not the only one who's anointed here. He has anointed you. See, I'm what they would call, I'm an instructor. I'm a drill instructor. And what we do is we train. And we give you, take you through all the maneuvers and everything and take you all the fundamentals that you're going to have to learn so when you get out there on the field, you won't get blindsided and busted upside your head. Because I'm telling you, you are anointed. Say, I am anointed. Just like the word of God says I am. I can do what the word says I can do. I'm what the word says I can be. I can have what the word says I can have. I am anointed. Now, not tomorrow, not next week. I'm anointed right now. He also says, I have anointed you to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that you might be called the trees of right, the trees of righteous, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Now I'm gonna tell you this other part. Because you are anointed, he says, you're gonna be the ones who are going to build the old waste. He says, you're going to be the ones who's going to raise up the former desolations. And you're going to be the ones who are going to repair the old waste cities, the desolation of many generations. It did not say that God was going to get off the throne, send Jesus back down here to do what he's already anointed and appointed you to do. Did y'all hear that part? What did I say it again? Okay. He says, you're going to be the ones who are anointed to build the old waste, to to raise up the former desolations, to repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. God is not gonna get off the, is not gonna come down and do it for you. He's not gonna send Jesus to do what he's already anointed us to do. See, what most people in the body of Christ don't understand is God gets his expression in the earth through his people. He gets his expression in his earth through the people. So, so guess what happens? If we don't do our part, they never, what, oh, that's good, Lord. He, Jesus said this, 
if you have seen me, you have already seen the father. It didn't say God was going to get off the throne and come down. He says, if you see me, you've already seen the father. And guess what? They, it, it, that's good, Lord. He says, and this is how they're going to know you are my disciples indeed. Your love for one another. It's not going to be about how many scriptures you can do, not how many miracles you can perform, none of that. They're going to know if you have love, if you are his disciples, by your love that you have one for another. Are y'all ready? All right. So, Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and thank you for this opportunity in your word. We thank you that our preaching and teaching will not be with the Tyson words of man's wisdom, but let it be a demonstration of spirit and power. Holy Spirit, you're already here. Continue to move up and down the airways throughout the entire parking lot, throughout the entire city, province, and nation of Canada right now. Father, right now, I'm going to leave you for miracles, signs, and wonders, demonstration of spirit and power to confirm the word preached. We thank you for it. We glorify you. We believe we receive it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you are anointed. Turn to your other neighbor and say, hey, neighbor, you are anointed. Point to yourself and say, hey, in case you forgot, you are anointed. Now, the word anointed means you have the supernatural ability, God's miracle worker power, on you right now in order to go out and be used mightily by God to do what the, what the world will say is impossible. You are anointed now. So when you wake up in the morning and you get those those that the, the, the stuff out of crushed out of, out of the size of your eyes, look at yourself, point at yourself in the mirror and say, hey, you anointed thing, you. When you go to work in the morning, are you at home or, or wherever you at? I'm anointed to shop. I'm anointed. I'm anointed to drive. I'm anointed to be a husband. I'm anointed to be a wife. I'm anointed to be a mother. I'm anointed to be a sister. I'm anointed to whatever it is, whatever capacity you're in, you are anointed not right now. So stop looking around for other people to do what God has already called you to do. See, this is what I this is what I've seen. I've been in church a long time, and I see what uh, what's really happening. And what's really happening in these latter days is people in the church are becoming spectators, and they're watching to see what everybody else is do and trying to take their cue from there. What God has said, I, I already placed the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, so that I can tell you what it is I need for you to do for where you're at right now. Do you know when I was in the Marine Corps, I was a tank driver and gunner. So I, I could drive towards your house, be eight kilometers away, get careers on your house and drop a bomb in your in your living room and never see the white of your eyes. But if my my friend Mike, who was a sniper, he didn't need to drive a tank because Mike Mike could literally be about 500 kilometers, uh, 500 meters away from your house, get the same coordinates and put uh, put around between you and your fork because he was a sniper. Now, what if Mike tried to use the same uh, tools that I have as a tanker, as a sniper? It doesn't work. But too many people in the body of Christ are watching this and say, no, well, if it works there, it should work here. Just because it worked there does not mean it's going to work here because you're dealing with different people's circumstances. And God, and the other thing is God didn't tell you to do that. It's different if God is the one that says, I want you to do X, Y, Z, just like so-and-so. 
But most of the time, God don't say that. He said, I need you to do this. But Lord, but they do it. I don't, I didn't tell you to do that. That's not your assignment. This is your assignment. And you all know from being with us, we, we came from a group and, and they're, they're powerful. I thank God for it. But what we learn to do one place is not applicable here. You can go out of Greeley and go into Ottawa and take, take this, take it to Ottawa, and it won't work if you in specific neighborhoods because you're dealing with different people. The word's the same. The method is different. All right. So let's talk about today. Oh, my voice is echo. And then I know how Jesus used to do it. He used to stand on the mountain and, you know, and there was the, his voice used to bounce off the rocks. Glory to God. All right, here we go. Now, in accordance to Jeremiah chapter 3, 15, I'm, I'm going to let you know what we do, how things work, and what my responsibility is. My responsibility as a, when I'm operating in the office of a pastor is this. And according to Jeremiah chapter three, I'm reading out an amplified version. Verse 14 says, oh, he says, return faithless children of the whole 12 tribes, says the Lord. For I am Lord and master and husband to you. And I will make you and I will take you not as a nation, but individually, one from a city, two from a tribal family, and I will bring you to Zion. He says, and I will give you spiritual shepherds after my own heart in the final time who will feed you with knowledge and understanding and judgment. So as a pastor, you have your responsibility as a leader is to teach is to feed people with knowledge, understanding and judgment from the word of God not from philosophy today, not from psychology tomorrow, not from this this person's best selling out. No, 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 Your knowledge and understanding and judgment are to be found from the word of God. Amen. If you get it from any other source, you are getting down a watered down version. So if, you, when you get ready to counsel someone, if the word of God is not is not the source from where you're drawing your information is, you need to go back because you're not ready yet. If you're going to lead a group and the word of God, it doesn't matter how this person has said this and he's and he gives references to this, this, this. God says, but is that what I told you to do in the place I told you to do it? There is a difference. So as a pastor, my responsibility or you as leaders, when you're holding the office of a pastor, you're shepherding someone, you are to feed them with knowledge, understanding, and judgment according to the word of God. Now, how do you know that, you know, God, that there's even supposed to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers? Because many people say today, I don't have to go to church because I have my own relationship with the Lord and the Lord knows my heart. Well, the only trouble with that is then you'd have to take Ephesians 4 out the Bible then. Because Jesus was the one that says, I was the one that gave you gifts, and I gave you those gifts for a purpose and for a reason. Now, this is what he says. He says, in accordance to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 10, it says this. It says, he, talking about Jesus, who descended is the very same as he who also has ascended high above the heavens. 
that he, talk about Jesus, that he, his presence, might fill all things, the whole universe, from the lowest to the highest. And his gifts were way, were varied. He himself appointed and gave men to us. Some men, not everybody. Some men, not everybody. Some to be apostles, then apostles are special messengers. Some prophets, prophets are inspired preachers and expounders. Some evangelists, preachers of the gospel, traveling missionaries. Some pastors, pastors are shepherds of his flock and teachers. Jesus' intentions for the gifts is this. His intention when he appointed these gifts was this. Was for the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints. So what apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, their role is for the full equipping of the saints. His consecrated people that they should do now he gave you these gifts to equip you to fully equip you so that you can do not sit around like a fat sheep and just getting picked off side by side he says i have given you these gifts and i'm giving you these gifts and i'm giving them to you for this purpose to to mature them to equip them so that they should do the works of ministering towards building up christ's body the church so he has given up, he's given up. me as, as a as a pastor, apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist to be able to mature you to be able to go out and do the works of the ministry. It's not just to sit around. If you think about Jesus, think about how Jesus did with the with the apostles. He would teach them a, a lesson in private and then immediately they would go out and perform it in public. Remember, he fed the, the 5000 men plus women and children. He, then what did he say? Let us go over to the other side. I just taught you this principle. So now let's go over to the other side. They got into the ship. They walked, they was going over on the ship, going over to the other side to deliver that guy so he could take over that territory, take back the territory that the adversary believed was his. And while they was going on the way, the, the storm came. And Jesus was sleeping in the boat. And when the storm came and bushing all around them, they ran to Jesus said, Jesus, Wake up, man. Don't you care that we're going to die? He said, he like, where is your faith? In other words, I just showed you how this thing works. If you say, if you, what did Jesus do? He arose. He stood up. He said, oh, heavenly father, which art in heaven, you are so good, Lord. Just on, on, come on on your cooling board, Lord, one more time. That is not what he said. What did he did? He operated in the authority to which God had given him. And he looked at, he, he, he consulted the father. And what did he say? Peace. Be still. And when he said, peace, be still, what happened? The winds calmed down. The waves started going. And he turned to them, where is your faith? I just told you this and that's the same way we operate is if we teach you something here on sunday morning that's why you always hear us say go back and watch the video go back and listen to the podcast because if you call and say hey this is going on in my life and i know we just talked about it on sunday i'm going like you did not do your homework i told you go back to listen to it because you're not going to get it the first time 
So that's good, Holy Spirit. If you come and hear the word here, but you know you don't get it on, you don't go back and study it for yourself. You go back and listen to somebody else who you can't call them. You can call me, you can't call them. And be like, I don't understand why I'm having this problem. I'm going to ask you, did you do what the word of the Lord said to you on Sunday or Thursday, whatever we had that conversation? In the Marine Corps, if one person messed up, it affected everybody. So when one person missed it, everybody paid for it. It's the same thing in the body of Christ. It's one body. So if one person gets off, it affects the whole body. So what is the body supposed to do? Let that person go off by themselves? No, you're supposed to go back and retrieve them and try to help restore them back into the right, in right relationship, back in right position, because they have a purpose and God had a purpose and plan for them from the foundation of the world. It's the only, it's the only unit I've ever been a part of where they kill, the, they, there's more uh, friendly fire victims. Friendly fire means you get hit by your own people. I don't spend my time talking about what this pastor ain't doing or what these people ain't doing. That's a waste of time. You want to know why? Because that's not what our assignment is. I have no control over them. I only control what goes on in this house. Okay. All right. So what did Jesus say? I gave you apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to perfect the saints, to fully equip them so they can go out and do the work of the ministry to edify or build up the body of Christ that it might develop into develop until we all attain oneness in the faith and in the comprehension of the full and accurate knowledge of the Son of God. And that we might arrive or really mature, <laughs> really mature. You ever seen somebody who, who should be, y'all thought was mature? Age don't make you mature. Sitting in the church for 25 years don't make you mature. You could be in the church for 25 years and still be wearing huggy diapers because you're still at formation phase. He, yeah, yes, yeah. You know, Daniel said in the last days that there would be more information unlike it's ever been before. And what a lot of people, they mistake information for maturity. You have a lot of information, you have very little revelation, so you have no manifestation at all. But I've been in church 25 years. My daddy put the brick, the first brick. Don't make no difference if your daddy put the first brick or your uncle paid for the first pew. If you're not maturing into the things of God, you are still a spiritual babe. How do you know if you're a spiritual babe? You still fight with one another. You still got jealousy and you're still jockeying for position. He says in, in the body, it should not be so. So does everybody agree that apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are to help mature or fully equip the saints to do the work of the ministry? Would everybody say that, right? So if I'm listening to so-and-so talking about this is gonna happen and that gonna happen and this is gonna happen and that's gonna happen and this, and it's not, if it's not maturing me, if it's not equipping me, how is it helping me? Y'all see that part right there? I'm just going to pause and let that sink in. The, 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 the purpose of apostle, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers is to fully mature the saints, equip the saints to do the work of the ministry, to, to grow the body of Christ. Now, 
why does it why is that important to you well god told me to share this with you today and we're gonna we're we're gonna be done here in about in a couple minutes the mandate for this house when we said equipping you for battle the mandate for this house is found in jeremiah chapter one this is what he says before i formed you i'm reading out an amplified version before i formed you in the womb i knew you and i approved you as my chosen instrument say i i've been say this with me i've been chosen i've been approved i've been appointed before i came out of my mother's womb so if you don't, if you're struggling with who you are and what your identity is and nobody thinks it's about me, I'm going to tell you today how God sees you. God says, I, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I already knew you. He says, and I approved you. And I chose you. Before, everybody say before. Before, before you were born. Now, think about it this way. If God already knew me, chose me, approved me before I was born, why am I still so stuck on myself? That means he knew everything he was going to get when he got me. He knew the good, the bad, and the darn right crazy. But guess what? God chose you anyway. He says, and before you were born, he said, I had already separated you and set you apart, consecrated you, and appointed you as a prophet or overseer of the nation he says before you were born i did this before you ever came out of your mother's womb i had already set you apart i had already consecrated you i had already appointed you an overseer to the nations he says so why don't you see yourself the same way i see you he says he says because you're getting your inputs from sources other than me see from the beginning of the message, he already told you he had anointed you. He already told you because you're anointed, I'm going to use you to do these things. He also says, I'm giving you leaders who will give you knowledge, understanding, and judgment. And I'm telling you, before you was ever born or formed in your mother's womb, I already knew you, approved you, chose you, and consecrated and set you apart and appointed you as an overseer to the nation before you came out. Before, before, can y'all say before? before? Before you came out of the womb, he had already done all these things. Then, this is what he says. Then, verse 9 says this. Then the Lord put forth his hand and he touched my mouth. So just stick your, hand, stick your head out there and just let the Lord touch your mouth. Let the, he says, let me touch your mouth so I'm going to talk about and I'm going to put I'm going to put my words. I'm putting my words into your mouth today. And he says, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. And I have this day appointed you to be a, to the oversight of the nations and the kingdoms and this is what you're going to do because you have now i've just changed your position 
I just changed how you see you and I'm anointed you to do this. And I put my words in your mouth and this is what you're gonna do with the words that I just put in your mouth. You're going to root out and pull down to destroy and overthrow. What are you gonna pl pull down, root out, destroy and overthrow? All the works of the adversary. I'm going to use your mouth, which means, oh, that's good. He says, but he says, that's a double-edged sword. He says, because that knife cuts both ways. See, you can either be rooting and pulling down, destroying or overthrowing it, or you can do the last two. You can be building up and planting the very things that the adversary is saying. How are you going to do it? With the words that come out of your mouth. He says, and that's why you're not seeing the things that I already said you was going to see in your life because you have been calling those things that are as though they are, as opposed to calling those things that be not as though they are. What does that mean? Call those things that be not as though they are. Remember we sung the song earlier today? Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth, just like it is in heaven. I'm going to go seek first the kingdom of God. What am I going to do? I'm going to seek what's going on in my circumstance. If my circumstance on earth doesn't line up with the way it is in heaven, then I need to go to the Father to get the words to say in order to say, Father, according to your word, my I'm out of debt right now because your word says in heaven, I owe no man anything but to love him. So let it be in earth just like it is in heaven. So I call my debts paid in full right now in the name of Jesus. Father, you said that Jesus took all my sickness and disease. He took 39 stripes plus one, and by his stripes, I'm healed. Father, as I'm going to declare on earth as it is in heaven that by his stripes, I'm healed. Not only healed, I'm whole right now. Well, there's nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking. Father, you said no weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. That's the way it is in heaven. So I'm going to say on earth the way that it is in heaven. And guess what's going to happen when you begin to speak what the word of God says? What Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12 says, this is what happens. When you speak God's word that God gave you back to God, he says, he is alert and active, watching over his word to perform it. God's going to watch. He says, I'm watching over my word to perform it. He says, so if you want to get my results, you got to say what I say about your situation. Most people are not doing that. Most people are telling God the problem instead of asking him, Father, what, what do I say concerning this? You say, how do you know that? Yes, sir. He said, yes, sir. Slow down. How do I know that's the case? Because Jesus taught us how to do that at, at Mark chapter 4. As you were in Mark chapter 11, when he says, have faith in God and whosoever shall say to this mountain, mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. Don't doubt in your heart, but believe that those things that you say should come to pass. You shall have what you say. How many times did he say, say three times? How many times did he say you had to believe? Once. So you got to do twice, three times as much said as you do believe it. Most people don't believe what it is that they say, so they don't get what they what they say because they don't even believe it. How do you know that's true? James chapter one says, if a man lacks wisdom, let him ask a God who gives the men liberally 
and abradeth not. He says, but let that person ask in faith, not wavering, not doubting. Why? Because a person who wavers goes back and forth. Yes, I believe it. No, I don't, don't say, no, I believe it. No, I don't say that. No, I believe. He says, you can expect to receive nothing, not because it's not made available to you, but because you won't make up your mind. How do I, how do I know what it is you believe? I just listen to the words that come out of your mouth. How do, oh, that's good. How does God know what you believe? He listens to the words that come out of your mouth. Are you still with me? How did God say you was going to be able to pull down, root out, and destroy? And how was you going to be able to do that? He says, by the words that come out of your mouth. By the words that come out of your mouth. I got one scripture left. Luke chapter one, verse 17 says this. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn back the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient and incredulous and unpersuadable to the wisdom of the upright. Did it say that God was going to do that for you? He's going to, he's already anointed you, placed his words in your mouth so that you can go out and carry out the assignment in here. What, and what is your, what are you going to end up doing? You're going to turn the hearts of the fathers back to their children, the hearts of the children back to the disobedient and uncredulous and unpersuadable to the wisdom of the upright, which is the knowledge and holy love of the will of God in order to make ready the, for the Lord a people perfectly prepared in spirit, adjusted and disposed and placed in right moral state. In other words, you know that revival everybody's hollering about? Revival! Revival! He says, I'm going to use you to do it. See, the church wants to do it. This is what they want to do, mama. They want to, they want to stay home and pray and shine out now. Ka 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 ba 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 da 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 ha da da ba oh de e de. That's good. God said there was a season for that. He said, but now, think about this with the children of Israel when they went into the promised land. The Lord had already given the land to them, but they still had to cross over and go in to possess it. You still have to go in to possess it. You still have to go in to possess it. Everybody say possess it. See, it's already made available to you, but you still got to go in to possess it. It's like, I'm believing God for the best job ever, Lord. Hallelujah. I believe you. I receive it right now. But you haven't put in one application nowhere. You haven't sent one resume off. You haven't you haven't even looked on the wanted ads to see who's hired. But Lord, rain it down on me the best job ever. You know what that's called? Insanity. It never gonna happen. 
Lord, I'm believing you right now. That I'm, I'm healed from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. But I'm still going to be eating all this stuff that you keep telling me to stop eating. And Lord, you're going to make a way out of nowhere. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. God gives you the word. Everything with God starts with the word first. He gives you the word. You receive the word. You believe the word. You say back to God what God has said unto you. And then you begin to act like what he said is so. What's the first thing? Everything with God starts with the word. You have to receive it. Think about this. When the adversary comes, what's he coming to do? He's coming to steal the word from you. And it's easy for him to steal the word from you if you never received it in the first place. And most people, I could be here on Sunday morning. Ah, I don't believe that. I don't receive that. It doesn't hurt my feelings because it doesn't make it any less true. So God starts with the word. We have to receive it. Everybody say, receive it. Receive it. I believe it. I say back to God what God said to me and act like it's so. How long do you have to do that? Until you see the manifestation of what it is he said. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give y'all this praise report and we're done. Five years ago, going on six years ago, when I got ready to come over to Canada, the Lord said when I was moving out of my apartment, because I was gonna pack up all my stuff and move it across the border like the Beverly Hillbillies. But he said just the week before I got ready to move, I want you to give away all of your furniture. I had nice furniture. I didn't have like, you know, I had really nice furniture. He says, but I want you to give it away. I, and, and no, I want you to sew it. Sew it. Okay, sew it. I could do that. So I called who he told me to call and say, hey, you know what? Uh, I got this furniture here. I was going to take with me, but the Lord said, wants me to sew it. And uh, he, your, your name came up. I'm going to sew it into your family. They're like, oh, praise God, praise the Lord. So they come, they get the furniture. At first I thought, Rita, I'm thinking it's just the dining room table because it was a really, really nice dining room set and everything with leather chair. It was really, really nice. And he says, yes, now give him the living room set too. Lord, that's a really, really nice living room set. Give it to him too. Okay, okay, guys, y'all can come get the living room set too. Okay, y'all can come and get the, the TV too. Oh, and all these dishes, y'all can have those too. So by the time they walk in, they had a whole house full of furniture. I did not know at the time that the family members had just lost all of their furniture. I was just being obedient to what he told me to do. I didn't know any of that. Can I tell you what happened? Friday, well, it started last week, but Friday, Friday, yeah, Friday, we were looking, we were going to looking to get a queen, uh, new bedroom set and everything. And I'm telling June, yeah, I'm, I'm getting this bedroom set, blah, 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 right? So we ended up in contact with somebody who we didn't know at the time was somebody June used to work with two and a half years ago. So, like, oh, okay, cool, y'all selling, okay, bet we, yeah, cool, cool. They said, let us give you this, give you all this furniture, 
is better say like, oh, okay, hey, y'all want a TV too? Like, sure. So they gave us, Doug, this 40-inch TV for free. He's like, hey, you're a reverend, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you want a printer too? So <laughs> he gave us this brand new, brand new printer, TV, all the bedroom set, everything for five hundred dollars. The TV costs more than five hundred. The bedrooms definitely cost more than five hundred. I mean, one piece. And like, why, 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 how? Oh, praise God. Got the revelation yesterday. It was because what I told you to sow. God's timing is perfect. What came first? The word. I had to receive it. I had to believe it. I said it and I acted out on what it is that he said. And as a result of it, as a result, God gave the increase. So, 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 if you have, so what, what, what are you going to get first today in order to receive salvation today, in order to receive healing today? In order to receive deliverance today, in order to receive wholeness today, what's going to have to come first? The word. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to hear the word first so that you can act out on what it is that is being said. Now, in accordance to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, the word of God says this. The word of God is near you, is in your heart, it's in your mouth. It is the word of faith which we preached. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. But with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. How do I get born again? How do I start out on that new journey? How do I begin to to uh, operate, receive the, the understanding and knowledge and judgment. And how do I begin to get equipped in the things of God? This is, this is day one. So what, what do you have to do? Simply this, repeat this prayer after me, say it out of your mouth, mean it from your heart. And it, re, and it goes this way, dear heavenly father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ is the son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my burdens for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. I repent of sin. I'm sorry, Lord. I receive your offer of forgiveness. Fill me with your Holy Spirit from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Right now, I'm healed. I'm saved. I'm delivered. I'm made whole. In Jesus' name, amen.
Man, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, we want to thank you, welcome you, welcome you, welcome you into the body of Christ. Now, now that you're in the body of Christ, now that you're back in the kingdom of God, now you're back in right fellowship with the Lord. What do you do now? You got to get into a good word-based church. Because remember, I told you, what does a pastor do? A pastor helps you to be perfected and be fully equipped so you can do the work of the ministry to grow the body of Christ. Ignite Depot would love to be that place for you. We're actually having a church in a park starting next week. So these services will be church in the park starting next week. And if you're not able to come to us because you're still too far or you still want to hug up with your pillow and get service from there, you can click click on Ignite Depot uh, Ottawa on Facebook or go to our website ignitetolife.com and you will be able to connect with us there. Right now, we're training up a generation where what we do is we are representing God to ignite life and purpose within a generation. My name is Milton Jones on behalf of myself and my lovely wife, Joanne, and the entire Ignite Brigade. We'd like to thank you for joining us for our Zmady today. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you.